Welcome to the North vs. South podcast, where we discuss video games, technology, TV and movies. In this episode, Tommy brings to us the shocking price of The Last of Us Part 1 and his review of the Steam Deck. Right, so Josh. Yep. I walked into a game. You walked into a game? How was that? You know game, the game store in the UK. Oh, I thought you were like Wreck-It Ralph where you'd actually walked into <laughs> a game. No, I walked into game. Right. And uh, the first thing I saw was The Last of Us Part 1. Okay. At £70. £70. £70. £70. Okay. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Why not? How can you charge seventy pounds? Well, it's a new game. All new games cost. It's not. It's not a new pound. game though. It's not a new game, isn't that's it? The, that's the pro- no. Oh, I thought it was a new game. <laughs> Come on, man. You got the Last of Us, the Last of Us Part Two, and the Last of Us Part One. It must be. It must be a no, new no, game. No, no. You, you've got the Last of Us. You got the Last of Us Remastered and Last of Us Part One Remake. But um, the differences between the, the remastered and the remake. To me, it just seemed very like yeah, there are there are changes, but it's not worth seventy pounds compared to where you could buy it for like I think you can like get it for like ten quid, ten pounds on what the PS4. Yeah, but then you can play on back compat on the PS5, and I think you can like that supports 4K, I think, but like thirty frames per second, something like that. But yeah, of course they for the remake they have done some additional uh, work on it. In terms of character models and some of the um, scenery has changed, um, the a- the AI has improved, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say enough has been done to warrant a seventy pound release. Like if it was maybe thirty, and you know, fair enough. Like if you're a diehard fan, but for seventy pound, it's crazy. I'm sorry, but I don't I. If you're if you if you're one of the people that have gone out and bought this game for seventy pounds and you've played it on the PS3 and PS4, why why have you done it? But then that's kind of your answer, isn't it? People who are going to pay seventy pounds for it are not people who have paid it paid for it before. Like there are people who there are new people who haven't played the PS3 version. Well, I, no, well, I don't I don't think that holds up because like if you have a PS4 version that you can get for ten pounds and it's a really good experience and the graphics look pretty good compared to the latest game that's come out, the latest version of the game. That looks pretty good, yeah. But are you really going to spend £70 compared to £10? Well, some people might, yeah. Oh, I... Would you, though? You, you you haven't got the game. You haven't got the game, right? No, not so yet. You, right now, right, if you had a choice between paying for The Last of Us on the PS4 and you can play on back compat mode and pay £10... Or would you pay for the seventy pounds for the PS5 version? I I would I would hand on heart honestly I would do neither. Yeah, well, you have to choose one. No, I would do neither. <laughs> I have to choose. No, no, no. Because here's here it here is. Yeah, you would wait. You'll be sensible and wait. And I would wait. wait. For just yeah, go down and go down. And only because I um I'm very particular. If there is a PS5 version of a game, I want to play the PS5 version, not the PS4. So I will wait for the PS5 version to be on sale or if it's going to be on the subscription. Because, you know, like we've got the premium subscription, which has got all of the games in it. If it's going to be on it, it will be on the premium version. So eventually, 
probably we will be able to play the PS5 version. But I'm not going to spend... I would spend like 20 or 30 quid on the PS5 version over £10 for the 4, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that, 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 but... that seems reasonable. Like, if, okay, in, theory, so in theory, that in, in one sense, that makes sense because you're going to have uh, a better... FPS mode, you might have the variable refresh rate. I and also like I'm just I've got it up on I'm just looking it up. And it's got things like uh trigger effect, uh vibration function. It's got they've built in some of the PS5 hardware features that you wouldn't get if you were just using the PS4 version of the game. So like for instance, going back to a different game series, we've got the both Horizon games on the PlayStation. So we've got Forbidden West, which is a PS5 game and we've got horizon zero dawn which is a ps4 game played on the ps5 now forbidden west it's got everything it's got um you know it's got performance mode it's got beautiful mode you know you can switch between them it's got haptic feedback on the controller it does the trigger effects it uses the speaker on the on the on the controller horizon zero dawn because it's a ps4 game doesn't have any of those it uh, it doesn't have any of those, and it's also got, despite being on a PS5, it's got incredibly long, incredibly slow loading times. And it's like, those features are part of the experience of the PS5, so I would have them, maybe not at 70 quid, but at a lower price, I would, yes. Yeah, well, which which makes sense. Like, the most I would spend is probably £40, and that's really pushing it. But, for but, you, but you are biased as someone who played it on the PS3. Yeah, but I'm biased as someone it, who doesn't like spending money. But you're biased as someone who's played on PS3. I haven't. I've played on PS3. I, I bought the remastered as well on PS4. Well, exactly. So they, you, you know, you aren't the. You are either the perfect audience or the worst. Because you know, there's all the joke about Skyrim being launched on every device, um, and there are some people who have bought the game like twenty times, and then there are some people who are like, oh, I bought the first edition and I've not spent a penny more. You, you're kind of in the middle because you've actually bought it twice, but now you're refusing to buy it for a third time. Not that you could, not that you would buy it because it's you haven't got a PS5. Well, if yeah, if I didn't, if I had a PS5, I wouldn't. I would probably wait for it to be like what the remastered is now, like ten pound or something. You know, and be like. But the thing is, there's a caveat to all of this because it is eventually coming to PC. Why does that change it for you? Because you've already paid for it twice. Well, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't pay for the PS5 version. I, if I would was gonna get this version and spend like you say like thirty to forty pound, it would be on the PC version. But why I would you buy it? On, but why would you buy it on the PS4? Um, why would you buy the PC version when you've already played it twice? Because I can hopefully play it on the Steam Deck. And what's the benefit? The benefit is that I can take it anywhere in the world. So if I go on holiday or I go somewhere that doesn't. I can't take a, a PS5. And why would you want to take your PS5 anywhere? But, you know, to have it on a handheld... Oh, of course, because there's, be there's, no, um, there's no emulation for the PS3 yet, is there? Uh, there is. Yeah, you can. On the Steam Deck? Yeah, you, yeah, for PS3 there is, yeah. I thought given how difficult it was, you need something more powerful than a Steam Deck. Yeah, no, The, the Last of Us um, doesn't run particularly that well on the Steam Deck. But other games, uh, I think like Demon Souls and some of us... Um, other games run pretty well but uh yeah no that's a different uh subject but um if it came on pc and it was like a steam summer sale and it's like they're offering it for like 20 25 quid i don't know i might pick it up like to play on a handheld would be quite neat the thing is um 
I think this version doesn't contain the multiplayer. So that's kind of like a disappointment where the, like the PS4 remastered did. So you're missing out on the multiplayer, which was quite, quite good. It would be nice to play that on a handheld. But to have that kind of experience on the go, I'm not saying it's going to be the, like the, the best version, but you know, imagine if you're going to a caravan and you've got no internet, you've got nothing, then you can take your Steam Deck and then play The Last of Us for a few hours. Like, um, they just released Spider-Man Remastered, didn't they, on PC, like, two weeks back. It works, it looks really, uh, really good on uh, Steam Deck, on low settings, and you can play it for, like, two, two and a half hours, I think, like, two hours. I know it's not, that doesn't seem like a lot of time, but for someone like me that doesn't get an opportunity to, you know, play games, that's just more, that's, that's fine. But, um, should we discuss, like, my review of the Steam Deck? Like because I I have managed to yeah we've sp- so we've spoken about the Steam Deck before but now you actually have the Steam Deck I do so how long I do how long have you had it now I've had it for a month a month and a bit I think the thing is when I got it I was um I was hiding it <laughs> in the loft because <laughs> I was like she's gonna kill me if she sees me she's like how much did this cost you know what I mean. <laughs> So I hid it in there, and then eventually I got it out. And it was like, yeah, yeah, I picked this up. It was quite cheap. <laughs> quite cheap. Okay. Yeah. It's like. Did you tell her how much it actually cost? No. The thing is, she just bought an iPhone, so. Oh, fair enough. Did you tell her you you also bought uh, another PC as well? Yeah, she knows about that. Or is that is that hidden? Well, it's kind of it's it's not hidden. It's no, that's it's fine. But uh. So you've had it for about a month, and it's taken me about two to three weeks to really wrap my head around the the actual piece of hardware and software because um it's not like an av- it's not like a console where you get a disc or you download a, a title from the store and then you can play it instantly some games might not work because steam the steam deck runs on linux um and you have to use a uh, proton compatibility layer to play some of the games most of the games that are in my library are not verified but are stated as playable so there might be some sort of action that you have to take so like you might have to touch the screen like there might be like a window come up and say oh please install like i I don't know like you have to select your language or something i don't know something like that or there's a launcher that comes up or something um so like stuff like that prevents it from being like 100 percent verified steam game but most games do work and then you have to fiddle around with the sentence to get it optimized and work into how you how you want it so it could be like uh, a good example is i've i've added uh origin as a non-steam game so what you can do is on the steam that you can go into desktop mode and you can like download launchers like the epic game launcher and, and origin uh there are many different ways to do this but this is the way i do it is download the the uh, the launchers add them as a non-steam game and then so what i'm then is that you can go into the front end, load up, uh, say like Origin, and you can download the games and install them onto the onto the hard drive or the SD card if you've got an SD card. The problem is is that it doesn't, it's not supported, it's not supported natively. So you have to use uh, different Proton compatibility layers for different games. Are you in a situation where the same Proton layer works or a different Proton layer works for like Origin? than you would yeah. for like Battlefield. Yeah, it's, it's, 
it's games it's game specific as well does origin itself the launcher require proton or can that just run? no it, it, that's pretty yeah so that you just you just use like um is that the windows the exe one... you're using or is there a, a linux version windows exe and it and then you use proton to mimic so it's thinking it's just like uh translating the windows code so that it can understand and run it um no for the launchers themselves they're not too bad you can just use a there's one called proton experimental and they seem to work pretty well but then there's some games where you might have to use different compatibility layers one example is this is actually a game i really wanted to play uh star wars knights of the old republic and uh it says it's not supported so i was like ah crumb so i I downloaded it and I looked online. It says it is supported and you can play it, but you have to use a specific uh, Proton compatibility layer. So it's quite annoying. You have to like fiddle around and look up stuff. And but it, it it's a good thing though because like you feel like you've achieved something when it works. And it's a lot of investigation work. And it's like, oh, will this work? Will that work? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Look on look on the forums and stuff. There's loads of people having the same issues as you. So it's not like you're going to be totally lost. But for an average person who just wants to play games on the go, it might seem a bit daunting at first because you're like, I've got this system. I've got this handheld. It's, most power- it's a really powerful, powerful handheld. But there's a lot of uh, compatibility issues. And it's like if you if you don't understand anything in terms of like what what you can do with it, you know, you you buy it and then you we want to play the specific game and it says oh it's not you can't play it. But then there's me, person like me, who'd be like oh you can play it, but then you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do this and you have to do that. Like um, Halo Infinite wasn't compatible, and it people were like oh you can play it but you have to download a specific uh, proton compatibility layer then for some reason you have to delete the files in the music folder you know like, okay and then for some reason then it works but now that's that kind of makes sense though because um I, well because the, the 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 files in the music folder probably not wav files or mp3s and there'll be this weird file type with drm on it that there's no proton equivalent that can decode them and that will cause the game to crash so I, I can understand why removing the audio or certain parts of the audio would would, would make it uh, launch where it hadn't before apparently now it's playable i haven't retested it so apparently it's moved from unplayable to now playable so it's not verified but it says you can play it but there's some issues you still got to get around and you might have to use a proton uh, layer to get it to work um but like i was saying that that game that Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, I spent quite a while trying to get it up and running. And even now, it's not... It's like a, a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. The resolution is, like, really wonky. Oh, that's a it's a, that's a... it's a small screen as well to begin with, so... Yeah, the resolution is, like, it's really off. The game runs quite well, like, smooth frame rate and stuff, but in terms of... So that's one of the games I was kind of hoping that had better support, but the sequel to that game is fine. It works fine, but um, that's just one example where... You have to tinker with uh, the settings and the different layers. What I want to mention is, um, so there's a I was I loaded up Origin and uh, I downloaded um, Star Wars Fallen Order and it was like I was playing it on like I think I was playing like high settings at 60 frames per second. But the thing is, it was like skipping it. The frame was stuck. The frame rate was so stuttering. It was an awful experience. <laughs> Terrible. So I was like, okay, what I had to do is put everything to low and set it to 30 frames per second. But even then, I'm only getting like an hour and a half battery life. So that's another problem. It's like some of these, some of the bigger games, the AAA games, they they quite demand a lot of power. So you can only really have 
it running that particular game for like an hour and a half or maybe an hour so to some people that mean that'd be like well that's just a waste of time i'm not going to just play it for an hour and then i got charged the bloody thing or they'll just be like okay i'll just i'll just keep it connected to the charger and then connect a usb-c adapter to the tv and play it like that it's not going to look fantastic it probably i'm not sure you could get a um external battery they're not expensive these days you could do that's another option i suppose get about 30 or 40 quid that might add a few like i don't know what the built-in battery amp hours is but anchor they're a, a well reputable brand and you can get a good battery from them for about 30 or 40 quid and if you go you know spend even more money you get a massive power bank and that could add hours to your playing obviously then you've got a cable where's the charge cable at the top uh yeah well, that's not so bad because, like, on the switch, it's it's on the bottom because obviously that's where it goes on the dock, and that's just that's a weird place to have a cable when you're kind of playing it. But if it's at the top, it's going to feel just like a, a wired controller. So, well, that that brings me on to the next thing. Really, is um, emulation. That's another great thing about the Steam Deck is it pretty much supports nearly everything except for PS4 and Xbox One. It supports everything below those generations of consoles. So, like, it supports PS3, PS2. Wii U, even support Switch, all the older games, sports Game Boy, 3DS. It's quite, if you're looking for just to use emulation, like Steam Deck is probably one of the, the best out there in terms of uh, handhelds to use for emulation. It's quite incredible what you can do with it. The only one that is lacking is the Xbox 360. But they've, ba- they've barely finished that on the PC though, haven't they? Have they? Well, yeah, well, they just they just come up with an update a few weeks back and it's really improved performance but it's only on windows so you can install windows on yeah you you could emulate the windows and then emulate the emulator but that's just well no no no. (laughs) you can install windows onto um... uh, the performance of windows isn't that great on the steam deck though is it have you tried it yet no that's the thing the thing is there is options where you can dual install windows and just keep your steam os but it's just going to take up so much space and just for what playing 360 games, or there might be some games that you can't play, like Destiny 2. I think it's Bungie. Is it Bungie? They said, oh, anyone who plays Destiny 2 on the Steam Deck is going to get banned. Like, Seems oh, a bit okay. harsh. So if you, yeah. So you have to play on Windows like that. I suppose though, um, I can kind of understand because the only way you're going to play Destiny 2 on a Steam Deck is by illegitimate means and for single player games i have absolutely no problem with doing stuff like that but for a multiplayer game that is if you're making a game run where it's not supposed to then you could use that as a a way to bring in cheats and hacks and um, trainers and all that kind of stuff so and that does seem unfair on a multiplayer system or a multiplayer platform so I, I can kind of understand why they're saying that. If it was if it was Naughty Dog saying that about uh, the Last of Us Part One, that's that's a bit different, but because it's a single player, uh, and that I'd kind of be a bit annoyed. But for a multiplayer game, I can kind of I I, I kind of understand that actually. It, it doesn't really matter to me. I, I I don't really like Destiny Two to be fair. I just never really got on with that game. But I can see that for any any multiplayer game, might say the same. It it just opens it just opens it up for abuse for people who are going to play it nefariously, and it's unfair for the people who are playing it properly. So, what do you think? What about the hardware? How are you finding the the unit itself? Was it bigger than you thought? Smaller than you thought? Louder? Quieter? Yeah, it's so it's quite bulky, but you kind of get used to it quite quick. And it fits. It just feels very natural. Have you got a switch compared to a switch? How much larger? No, I haven't got a switch. 
So but I have I have held a switch and I would probably say switch is probably a little bit more comfortable, but this thing is quite it is quite bulky, but you don't really notice it. But if you want a large screen and you want large battery, you, it's got to go somewhere. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, if it was the same size as a Switch, the, ba- the battery would last half an hour, wouldn't it? So it's like, can you do? But uh, the noise, you brought up the noise. Some, yeah, sometimes like um, it can really get really loud. Like depending on the game you're playing, it, it, the fan can get... Apparently at launch, it was like really loud. It was like it was like a Hoover. So they've added up an update, which is kind of sort which which is kind of sorted it, but even I've noticed like the fan is still quite loud when playing an intensive game. But it's yeah, it is what it is. But I play with headphones anyway most of the time, so it doesn't really bother me. What I will say is, if you're gonna get a Steam Deck, you need to get a USB C hub because to do all the emulation, to do any of the external launchers that you want to add as a non-Steam game, it's just you can use the touchscreen on the Steam Deck or use the um, trackpads. I just like, oh, it's just, just easy to just get a keyboard and mouse and you just hook it up to a monitor, big screen, and you can do all of it in like five minutes compared to like taking half an hour trying to press something. Because it is, it's not, it it's okay, like the trackpads and the touchscreen, but it's not, it's not perfect. And it's, it is quite annoying because like you're on the launchers. So if you load up the Epic Game Launcher, you have to use uh, the touchscreen, stuff like that. And you have to like really double click on the screen to get a game to load. Yeah, definitely the USB-C or adapter. I know Val haven't officially came out with one yet, but they're saying that they will eventually release release a USB-C. But the benefit of that is that they will they will be supporting third-party ones, won't they? So oh yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, there are ones. Yeah, that can be the the downside of having a first-party adapter is that that's the only one that works. But at least if they're saying, look. We're going to have one, but just use anything you can get your hands on, particularly at a time where scalpers are go, you know, taking things through the roof and, th- you know, specific things can be really hard to get hold of. Being able to use any proper USB-C hub or display output must be really helpful for people who want to use it on their TV or add a keyboard, a mouse or wired networking or whatever. So that's quite good. And I'm not surprised because, you know, Valve generally are quite a good company aren't they i know they're not i mean i've had a few instances where people aren't happy but generally they've been quite good are you just using it for a keyboard and mouse or have you hooked it up to a screen as well i've i've hooked up to a screen but i haven't actually played a lot of games I've, i think i played like rocket league and it looked, it looked fine to me what about emulation would emulation is that sort of the sort of thing that because obviously we know it doesn't run high frame rate, high re- resolution because it's not built for that. But things like uh, the emulation you're talking about, which can be quite particularly for the older titles, can be quite light. That could work quite well on an external screen, couldn't it? Or does it not? Yeah, and you can set you can set the resolution to like when you when you hook up to the monitor, you can set it to like 1080p or even 4K. And then on the on the emulator, you can say like two times, four times. But uh, depending on the uh, what you're trying to emulate, because like um, Switch, it's like one X. It's just native. You can't do it even more than what you're getting 720p resolution. I think it's quite similar to the Steam controller, isn't it? In that sort of sense. So there are people who have said the Steam controller has been really useful for those mouseish games like Age of Empires, Civ, and that kind of stuff, and for playing it on, you know, on a big TV or over a Steam Link or something like that. So I can I can totally see how that kind of translates quite well into the Steam Deck itself for those titles and, you know, some aspects of emulation where, I don't know, if menus aren't working or something, you need to have some kind of cursor control 
control thing. So yes, one thing I will say also about the Steam Deck is the trackpads are quite useful for games like Age of Empires 2. I've had quite a fun experience playing that game using the track trackpads. What are the controls on it? So you've got, I presume, two thumbsticks, your A, B, X, Y, D pad, and and then what have you got? A couple of triggers. Yeah, you got two triggers, and then you got like two back buttons at the back of the. Oh yes. Have you have you used them for anything? Do you or have you? Yeah. So like save states and load states on emulators, you can uh, you can go in and edit the uh, configuration. Oh, that's another thing I should mention. Um, so some of the games, um, they might they are like people who have added uh, community layout controls for the controller. It's so it's quite useful. So you can look through there and you can like pick and choose which. which what you think, uh, and they add like a description of what they've tried to do with the control layout. So like um, I was playing Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 and someone added a community controller layout and it said, oh, like the Xbox original uh, controller layout, trying to mimic that style. So it's quite cool. So you can download these profiles and try them out and see what you think. So it is quite a... a, a when, you, when you get into this... Um, fiddling around and troubleshooting um, the Steam Deck, you feel like you're part of a community at large. It's not like you're just alone. So I would suggest if you if you, if you you like troubleshooting and you like debugging issues and stuff, then you might like the Steam Deck. Not to play games, but actually trying to tr- troubleshoot stuff. That's the excitement part. The, the excitement part <laughs> is like... If you want to work in IT without getting paid for it, get a Steam Deck. Yeah, pretty much. I've accomplished this. I've managed to get it working f- and I can share my knowledge to other people about it. And you're like, well, this is great. And he's like, ah, oh, I can't really be asked to play the game. Let me try and figure Do out something have, else. Does it add up like, your hours? How, does, how can on I the get Steam this to work on the Steam Deck? Time played. Well, why is this and not working? Does it, does it add up, t- does it add up uh, troubleshooting hours? So you have spent 20 hours trying to play this game. You have spent one hour actually in game. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> That would that would be awesome if they did that. Like, wow, you're just on the menu system or on desktop mode, and and then you use your phone or, or or computer, and you're like, or you can, yeah. To be fair, like if you hook up your keyboard and mouse, like it has a browser, you know, you, you can actually use it as a proper desktop machine. Like, if you really wanted to, I wouldn't suggest doing it. But I mean, I I thought about getting getting one just as a not a low powered, but as a sort of um, a stopgap between getting a new laptop, particularly because we do the podcast, I know that there is a Linux version of the software I use to record and edit. So that would have actually been, it would have worked quite well in terms of using it for just for both gaming and recording the podcast. Obviously, you've been sending us messages over WhatsApp about what you've been up to and voice chats that are literally seven minutes long, followed by a second one, which was five minutes long. That was only two days ago. <laughs> but... Uh, do you know what? I mean, I, I know I've said this to you privately, but I think the one word that the Steam Deck, I, I think I could sum up the Steam Deck with is it is a faff. And that might not translate outside of the UK. I don't I don't know. But a faff is, is something where you have to faff around to get it working. You have to kind of like spend a lot of time jumping through hoops, troubleshooting, getting this and that. It, it, it sounds like PC gaming was in 1995 or 1998 or something like that you know back before everything was kind of easy um and to be fair i remember specifically buying some games on steam 
because the CD-ROM version wasn't running so well on Windows 7 because it was a Windows XP game. And I think the Steam version did actually run because it had like the right compatibility layers built in. So yeah, it, it, it sounds like the Steam Deck is kind of where PC gaming was 20, almost 20 years ago. Does that, does that feel about right? Exactly. Yeah, no, that that is exactly right. But when it when it works, it works. But when it doesn't work, you yeah, you you you're back in like nineteen ninety nineties feel, early two thousands, where you're just like you have to troubleshoot and debug. <laughs> sometimes you and do. Sometimes you might not get it to work, but sometimes you might do. So when you do, you quite feel appreciated. But uh, no, it it is good, and um, I think uh, the main draw for people who are probably listening or who are thinking about getting a Steam Deck is emulation. Like, you can have literally everything previous to the PS4 and Xbox One on a handheld. I'm not saying, like, you can you can have PS3, but it's not going to run particularly well at the moment. It's there. You can try it and fiddle around with it. You can use PS2. You can use PS2. you got uh, Wii, you got GameCube, Xbox Original. Wii? Yeah. How does how do you play Wii games without the nunchucks? It's what that's one of the first things. Like you can get um you know Metroid Prime. Also, oh, hang on, but I, I we we kind of spoke about controls. Does the Steam Deck have any kind of motion control or anything like that at all? No. No. No, I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. To be to be fair, uh, you you couldn't use it as a steering wheel because the thing you're turning as a steering wheel is also the screen. So yeah, I can see why it probably doesn't have any kind of motion. <laughs> Imagine you got go up. You can see the problem, see. can't you? Yeah, you can't. You can't see it. But um, I, the one of the games I think it's Metroid Prime. Can't remember what it's called, but someone's given like this thing called Prime Prime Hack or something. So you, like to get the the, the Wii controls to work with an analog stick and play on on the Steam Deck. So like there are projects like that, with people have done, trying to get those games. But some some Wii games do support controller support on a very rare occasion. Oh uh, yes. So basically, you can only play a game that has yeah controller support. Because we I think yeah. we looked to get a controller, but um, we only had like one or two games. So the neat thing as well is, say like uh, you play in Half Life, Half Life runs amazingly well, and it and you get like a um, a battery life of like five hours if it's fully charged, which is quite well, neat. I, I, w- I would hope so, given that it's their game. Yeah, well, so it, it, they... it is their game, and it is an old game. I didn't realize. Like I was looking online, and people were like, oh, what well, you can can also do like if the the Steam Deck is running at sixty frames per second, it's and you get a battery life of five hours. What you can do is there's a feature on the Steam Deck as well where you can limit the um, the throttling, the TDP, and you can set it down to like uh, five. Like I set it down to like five, and you're still getting a, a 60 frames per second uh, lock, and you're still getting perfect gameplay experience. At, so the Steam Deck is using less power, so then you get even more battery life from it. Because you have to... There's different settings, so you can say unlock the frame rate, which you kind of don't want to do because it's a 60 hertz screen, so there's no point doing that. So you might as well just always set it to 60. And then if it doesn't reach 60, you can go down to 40. And then the next one down from that, you can go to 30. But then if you know that the Steam Deck is is way too powerful for the game and you've locked it at 60, what's the point running it at a higher TDP? You can like tr- just slowly take the TDP down until it starts affecting the game. So then you get more battery life. So it's stuff like that. That's more fiddling around on your end. 
I, I know people have like been trying to put like spreadsheets together and it's like oh if you you can run this game and you can and that's another thing you can you've it, it's also supports uh is it f fsr is that right so it's a bit like I know what that is. It's a bit uh, like D D L S S. So you can run the games that are uh, lower resolution, but then it kind of like upscales the resolution. Fidelity, yeah, fidelity super resolution. That's what it is. I don't think it's as good as D L S S, but it's still quite a nice feature. It's AMD's um, version of it, but I think they've just come up with the second version of that, which I think is a lot better. But I'm not sure if they released it on the Steam Deck yet. So you can try you can try that as well for battery life. So like you could run it at like. 480p and then try and run and it like upscale to 720 and you get like an hour benefit of battery life so it's it's, it's loads of stuff like just messing around debugging it's like oh I can run it at these settings and I can get this amount of battery life and that's acceptable for me you know or so say if you want to play at 60 then you you want to use FSR but if you want to have the native resolution, then you might have to lower it down to 30 frames per second or 40. So, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of debugging. There's a lot of cool stuff to look into and uh, look up and see other people's experiences and stuff like that. So that pretty much concludes my review. Thank you for listening to this episode of Northwest is Sound. Please feel free to comment and like on YouTube or subscribe on YouTube and in your favourite podcasting app of choice. Goodbye.